This is the 451. I'm Summer Brennan. I'm Jesse Hirsch. <laughs> and I'm Jonathan Mann. <laughs> We're a podcast for the resistance. So this this might seem like a simple question, you guys, but uh, Obamacare, ACA, ACHA, it's, it is everywhere and everyone's talking about it all the time. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about this kind of philosophical split between different people on the right, some who just are anti-Obamacare because it's Obamacare and some who are deeply opposed to setting up a, a safety net like that, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but what really, what I really am I still have a hard time wrapping my head around, and maybe maybe there's no answer to this, is the when there is no philosophical opposition to to providing this kind of social safety net, if if it really is just about the fact that Obama has his name attached to it, affiliated with it, why are there so many politicians so willing to commit political suicide over this? I do not know. Um, I think you maybe have nailed it with that. It's 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 like they, the opposition did it, therefore <laughs> is, is we will oppose it. Yeah, it is baffling, and, and all the um, so many of the arguments around it make absolutely no sense. It's if, as if the person doesn't understand what insurance is and how it functions. Like I don't want to have to pay for somebody else's problem. It's like right. that's what insurance is. Who do you think is going to pay for your problem? Like, you know, like you want your affordable thing that you're paying. And then if you get hit by a bus and have $200,000 in medical bills, like that's going to come from somewhere. It's not magic. Like, you know, people who did not get hit by a bus, the money that they paid goes towards that. That's how it works. It seems like Ryan pretty clearly is ideological, right? It's, it's like he is completely and utterly against the idea of any kind of welfare state whatsoever. Helping any people. kind of Helping yeah. people regardless Unless buying, of... Unless buying them coffee. So helping strangers? I don't know. It's, it's a little confusing. Yeah. Right. Helping, str- helping like, you know, staffer, stra- staffers who maybe doesn't even know their names, but like he's willing to buy them coffee is one thing. But like, yeah, assuring that um, sick children have health care. No, not so much. So... <laughs> Uh, those, those are pretty much two equal sides, of, you know, flip yeah. side of the coin. Like on one hand, Paul Ryan is this. On the other hand, Paul Ryan is this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I feel like our country is going through this weird plague of selfishness. Um, mm-hmm. Like somebody tweeted something about, you know, anyone proposing libraries or like fire service today would be called a madman. Like, because I mean, that's yeah. the equivalent. It's like, what b- b- pay for the upkeep of books that just anyone can read yeah. for free? Like, what what do you think yeah. we are? Like, build some character, buy your own books, you know, or just like buy fire insurance. And that's and if you can't afford fire insurance, I guess you should have saved up and not <laughs> bought all that expensive like food that you eat or whatever. I mean, it's just or um, not had a fire. Or just don't have a fire. Do it's your own fault for having a fire happen to you. I mean, come on. But seriously, I mean, I think that was a really good analogy because it's like yeah. it, we have – it feels insane to me. Like this this concept, like that's – that's these are things government is supposed to do. Uh, um, you know, not to plug my favorite podcast again, but On the Media had a really amazing – Don't you mean um, your second favorite podcast, <laughs> Sean? Yeah. <laughs> You can't have your favorite podcast be the one that's yeah, on. It's like, it's like wearing a uh, t-shirt to the concert of the. Or or no, it's more. It's like being in the band and wearing yes, your own t-shirt yeah, on that's stage. What it's like. That's. Yeah. All right, I'm just kidding. Um. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, Go on. Yes. They there was a really great episode. I don't. I can't remember. They 
they did do a really great, amazing series on poverty, mm. a five-part series on poverty. And I can't remember if this was part of that or if this was a separate thing, but it was all about uh, welfare and the um, the welfare bill that, that Bill Clinton pushed through and how welfare, how thinking about welfare and thinking about um, the safety net uh, has cha- you know changed over the mm-hmm. years. And... Um, the thing that Bill Clinton pushed through was like this welfare to work thing, you know, which which started a lot of this, like, you know, pull yourself up from from the bootstraps. You can't just live on the government dole your whole life, yeah. and, you know, made poor people seem, you know, it's it's basically it's like it's poor people are lazy. Poor people you know, are not that's, poor that's, because they're lazy. Poor people as individuals yeah. can be all everything that humans can be. But poverty is and not caused by laziness. And, you know, Paul Ryan, that's his entire I mean, the Republican Party, that's their entire idea. Right. It's that if you're poor, it's your own fault. You did you you're a failure at life and you deserve everything that you get. And we shouldn't give you we shouldn't provide for you as the state. We shouldn't provide for you anything. Um, and, And unfortunately, I think like I think Bill Clinton's heart was in the right place to a certain extent. But I think that, you know, that bill kind of just moved the entire spectrum closer to that idea um, and 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 sort of solidified that idea in the in the in the sort of consciousness of the of the public and we're still sort of it we're we're it feels like we're still on the downswing on that I feel like we haven't quite reached the far end of, of the pendulum of poor people are are poor because it's their fault. Uh, I feel yeah. like we're still going further down that it's road also, and I don't know how far we can yeah, go. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, yeah, maybe that did contribute to us getting where we are, but there's obviously, it's been a common, um, you know, false uh, idea of people that are well off. Yeah, you know? I feel like that was a big part of Reagan's presence. Yeah, trickle down economics. It was, but the but 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 the problem was it was always the Democrats. It was always the Democrats' job to say no, no, so no. You mean no, like no, he no. didn't do? Uh, he wasn't adequately oppositional enough to. No, in, that, and in fact, that saying. bill that yeah, that bill fed into you know. Uh, and now I'm going to talk about something that I really don't know anything Great. about. Great, but I know. Here we go. But I know do the, it you know, with confidence. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 and maybe maybe you guys know this better. The over the Overton window. It's like what's acceptable to talk about uh, yes. in politics. Yes. When with that bill, it's like everything moved further and further to the right. That was always the purview of of Republicans. And with that bill, it moved everything, and it just sort of further solidified. So then there was basically no party, no party saying you know, we need to protect the most vulnerable in our society. We need to care for the sick and uh, the elderly and the children and the people who are less fortunate. Um, there, there hasn't been a party since then that has been um, that has been really sort of holding that line. I don't know. Really hardcore. About that. For those of our listeners who don't know, have never heard of the Overton window, I think you explained it, but it's just the concept is the things that fall within the Overton window are things that are acceptable to discuss or, or think like in polite society, right? That it's, that's sort of the idea that it's yeah. like it's within the Overton yeah. window, like it's okay to say certain things or put forth certain ideas, but outside the Overton window, it's like, it's a faux pas or it's gosh or whatever like recently outside the overton window was you know a political a presidential candidate like saying like 
the thing, all the, basically everything that Trump said, and now it's like moved. That's somehow sort of okay. Anyway, um, yeah. Or similarly, like like in this, yeah. I mean, this this election right was full of that kind of stuff because you had Trump on the one side and then Bernie Sanders calling himself a socialist on the other side, which is which is um, was completely outside of the Over, Overton window until 2015. Oh, you mean the fact that he was calling himself a socialist and running for president with white support is what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I don't know that it, that it, I can really. And I, when I say I don't know, I mean that I don't know that I can say that the Democrats continued to like somehow forward the idea that people who are poor are so because of their lazy um, since the 90s. But but in general, I mean, I get like that idea spreading in society is dangerous. So whether it's spread or whether it's just speaking of the Overton window, whether it's just been in the media more as a quasi acceptable or acceptable argument, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's just a common thing that people seem to do. I've heard people, even liberal people, do it about health. Not so much about health care, but this idea of, well, you know, I have my kale shakes. Like, people who are naturally healthy and don't have problems sort of think that the reason why they haven't had cancer or the reason why they haven't had anything bad befall them physically is because of their own virtue. You know, they've done everything right, and therefore that's why they've never had any major, like, medical hardship. And if only other people were as virtuous as them they also would never have any problems, which is not true. That's not how <laughs> right. it works, but I think that's a common... It's it's not that uncommon to have that type of thinking, even, about, even you know, among liberal people about different stuff. And so that's sort of the same thinking of somebody like maybe Paul Ryan or who hasn't had to have economic hardship, and they assume that, well, look at all the wonderful things they did and how great their life is, and so, and, yeah. Yeah, and their argument is always like, well, I worked for everything I had, you know, I worked really hard, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, they equate... They equate working hard uh, with the success that they've had and they don't they don't. And of course, it goes down to privilege, right? They don't see all the privilege that they started from a place much uh, further ahead than than someone who didn't have all the privileges that that they have. Like that comes up in conversation with me with people uh, most often when I'm talking about like gender privilege, like, you know, lovely men who are my friends and I adore will often if you know, if they get a little offensive, not offensive defensive about um having male privilege or not it's usually well you know like i've worked for everything that i have it's not as if it's not as if things were handed to me you know is usually kind Mm -hmm. of the response and i think there's like a exactly like i don't know what's the word i want defensive like defense mechanism either yeah something like that whatever but it just kind of comes up it's like hey you know it's not as if i it's not as if my life's been perfect come on you know anyway healthcare. um yeah 24 million in 10 years will lose health care under this bill that's the that's what the CBO said uh, said yesterday. Somebody put together a really cool montage of front pages of local newspapers that. around yeah. the country. Did you see that? Oh, I did not see it. What was it like? And it was just like no matter where it was, red states, blue states, uh, smaller cities, bigger cities. That it was everyone was focusing on the twenty four million that would lose on the front page. Uh, Good. Big big on the front on page. the front on the front page, top of the uh, above the fold. So it was kind of a, a a window into how people who are not as obsessed obsessively on the internet are getting their news. Yeah, well, and like me, I'd never seen that because I'm trying to not be obsessively on the internet. Um, no, I mean, that's the thing. This is people, in, and I, I would imagine almost every single community in the United States will be yep. affected by this. Red, blue, and, whatever. Yeah, and and they've uh, Donald Trump's constituents are going to be hit the hardest, you know, or, or a lot of them anyway. And like they, there, there was a map of, of the counties that they think are going to be hit the hardest and... Uh, you know, you overlay that with counties that went for Trump and that's and they pretty much line up exactly. So what do you think about um, Trump voters who are now uh, regretful? I come on down. <laughs> what about what about him? 
yeah, just open. don't make the wrong decision next time is sort of my is my is my feeling well i mean you know it, like by definition if somebody's just coming around to something they didn't think they were making the wrong de- decision in the first place right i mean you know i yeah it's incredibly hard for me to reconcile somebody thinking that donald trump was a good idea on any level yeah. um but if you are now against trump or against his policies great yeah. Good step in the right direction. This is awesome. Thank you for your change of heart. I don't know. The longer this goes on, the if you still are a Trump supporter, the more the less sympathy I start to have. You know, like I, I feel like there's just been since he's since he got sworn in, there's been so many reasons to to flip that vote. Did you see the uh, this thing that I forget the school? Oh, it was NYU. I think did a thing where they uh, had actors learn like word for word and gesture for gesture Trump and Hillary's performances at the debates and then and then they gender swapped them. Oh. So they had so they had Oh my a woman, god, I yeah. want to see that. I didn't know. It's amazing. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And it's not what you expect at all. What at do all. you expect? Well, I expected I expected her I expected I expected to feel like you know and this is going to sound sexist I expected to sound for for me to feel like you know in the same way that Trump sounds to me boorish and you know um obnoxious and loud I expected her to sound like shrill and yelling at me and you know Wait the female uh, Trump? The female Trump, yeah. Oh, that's, did you that's, say the word shrill, Jonathan? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I know. Enjoy. And I said it was going to sound sexist, and it does sound sexist. But but listen, it, if I was going to imagine like a woman Trump, someone who, you know, I don't know, like Sarah Palin or something. I guess Sarah Palin isn't shrill. She's obnoxious. She's similarly obnoxious. And um, she was I don't know. Almost. I ex- she was not as uninformed as Trump, but getting there. I expected I expected the woman to sound the woman Trump to sound like Sarah Palin I guess and okay um, you can say she shrill didn't. it's a word she didn't at you all can use it oh, okay yeah. I, she, I I will I would like to I would like to see this and I'm I'm sure we will link it to it so that our listeners can go to our show notes on our website let's try it. something let's try something actually okay. oh let's let's watch it together uh, right what, like now. on gonna, the air. Yeah. On the air, whatever, <laughs> while on we're recording. The, on the air. <laughs> How yeah, long is um, it? Because uh, the, clip, like... the clip that they have is very short. We are going to enforce the trade deals that we have, and we're going to hold people accountable. When I was Secretary of State, we actually increased American exports globally 30%. We increase them to this China. man sounds very competent talking so about politics. How to really work to get Can you hear how he does the Clinton inflections like perfectly? Like he gets the. Jobs. But you haven't done it in 30 years, in 26 years. Well, I've been, been a senator, Linda, and I've been a secretary of state. Your wife signed an act that was one of the worst trade deals to ever happen to the manufacturing industry. It's interesting. This is weird. I actually already like Trump better because it's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> that was my reaction too. Where manufacturers down 30, 40, sometimes 50 percent. NAFTA is the worst trade deal maybe ever signed anywhere, but certainly ever signed in this country. She has the hand gestures. You want to approve Trans-Pacific Partnership. Interesting. You were totally in favor of it. Then you heard what and I look was at, saying. How look at his face. He's deferential in a way that he would not really be. He would, it, just, it just reads completely <laughs> differently, right? Yeah. That, that is just not accurate. I uh, was against it once it was finally negotiated and the terms were laid out. I wrote about that. You called it the gold Yeah, but they're not choosing a clip in which he, like, descends into chaotic non-sentences. That's true. This is a... 
this section that they've selected, yeah. it's a very, very, like, nice to Trump section, I gotta it's say. It's true, it's true. It would be a good deal, but when it was negotiated, which I was not responsible for, I concluded it wasn't. <laughs> oh, my God, not. So is it President Obama's fault? Is it President Obama's fault? Look, there are different... Secretary, is it President Obama's fault? God, she's just so aggressive. Yeah, seriously. I'm having, like, PTSD from this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can stop. Should we stop? Should we stop? <laughs> we can stop anytime, guys. We can stop well, we anytime. Have... No, we can't stop. Well, there's only like 20 seconds yeah. left. I have things to say about this. In fact, I have written a book about it. It's called Stronger Together. You can pick it up tomorrow at a bookstore or an airport. Oh, Hillary. All right. You're I'm right. That, I mean, I totally agree. Like that's um, that's definitely uh, and a lot. I saw a lot of people pointing this out online that that's like they chose they chose they, a really they chose strong a clip. clip. Yeah. They chose a clip in which Trump is on the offensive. He's making more or less complete sentences, and Clinton is on the defensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there they and I don't think that that's even like representative of the ma- like majority of the debate at all. Like most of the time, she's saying like you know, actual things. And he's like, you're the puppet, 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 you're the puppet. <laughs> like he's not even like saying anything yeah. that makes sense. I mean, he, um, he really, uh, several of, several of the debates, he really descended into like just total gobbledygook and like. For much, like he, he tended to start semi-coherent. Yeah. Um, so what was fascinating about this for me, which is I didn't expect, you know, shrillness, but um, what I, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, like what, what's interesting is, is, um, and what's sad about it is it just was a reminder for me how Clinton had to behave as a woman without tr- and trying not to sound shrill because people were like, she's crazed. Like, cause sure. if a woman is like assertive in her voice, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's perceived as super aggressive. And when you see a man doing it, he seems so meek. Yeah. Like I, I thought he seemed really meek. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, totally. I was like, well, no, I, t- I, I'll just, okay. I'm going to have my waiting face yeah. on while yeah. you finish yeah, talking. Yeah. Because if he had, ch- and, and, and and she was like, seemed so confident. She was just like, not, come on, like, no, 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 Like, she was just so forceful. And it sounds like I'm saying positive things about Donald Trump, which makes me feel really uncomfortable. Um, so we'll but, link, yeah. we'll link to this whole <laughs> oh, thing in the in the show notes. And um, there's a whole write-up about it. And, and it was standing, they did it two nights, I think. And the, it was standing room only and a little black box theater, it looks like. And um and uh, they, they, you know, they did questions from the audience. They talked to the audience afterwards. And um, the person that put it together said, I've never had an audience be so articulate about something so immediately after the performance. For yeah. me, watching people watch it was so informative. People across the board were surprised that their expectations about what they were going to experience were upended. Hmm. Um, so... It's, I feel like a, they should have, yeah, they should have done more to make her look weird. Like I kind of, I was, I was hoping that the oh, woman yeah. playing Trump was going to have like weird candy floss hair and like bizarre orange, orange face. makeup. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I wonder if that would have changed things. I wonder. I yeah, like he good, seemed like a, to accurately represent Clinton in that it was sort of like as professional as and trimly dressed as one can be for one's gender. I think that she tended, she like delivered on that pretty well. I thought they did I mean, an guess, amazing job yeah. uh, imitating them too, like getting the gestures right and getting the inflections of the of the performance right. You know, I don't know. I would have to. See, I would like to see clips side by side of the, oh. the things because I don't. Good idea. I don't remember the. I did watch the debates, but it's like a blur of trauma for me now, so I don't remember exactly how they were delivered. 
Um, <laughs> I don't even remember how we got on that, but it, I, you know, it's interesting. I also don't remember how we got on that, but I was talking about male privilege, maybe. I don't know. Um, so, Jesse, I know you went to like a ACLU People Power event, right? Yes, I, d- I did. Yes, I yes. did. Uh, there, was one, there was one close to here as well, and I thought that was interesting. And I liked the idea of it, that they were sort of rallying this um, countrywide. Did you, did you go to the one near you? Or did you watch it on your computer? I watched it on my computer. <laughs> no, it's okay. It was, but it was interesting. I was I was debating that myself because it was kind of cold. It was like, I don't want to go outside. Uh, but I thought that just as an experiment, would it be different to watch this video in a room full of strangers who you know are kind of on your side? Um, yeah, it's definitely, I think, better to go and be with people. I mean, that's the whole... <laughs> Yeah. Like back to back to fighting authoritarianism 101. It's like get out from in front of your computer, get out with, you know, meet people you wouldn't normally meet, get out in the in the world and have these things not just like dissipating your outrage into a screen. Yeah. Um I actually even went on like a test drive to, so I knew where the place was, but then <laughs> I was not feeling well and so I didn't go. But um It's fair. It's fair. Um but it it was it was kind of a trip though because I think feel like part of me while I was watching the video was also just thinking about these strangers in this room, you know, like, who are these people? How did, oh, they, how did, how did we all get here? You know, like it, it was unifying, but also kind of a curiosity. So this was like in a neighbor's apartment. Kind yeah. Of just in a neighbor's apartment. Oh, wow. Um, and they didn't even tell you which apartment until you get there. You had to tell the doorman that you were there for the ACLU thing. And oh, then, that's then, smart. Then they would point you in that direction. Yeah. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. As I mentioned, the one near me, um, in rural New Mexico is at this, a building that where it's like a community building where they have the voting and stuff. But I think that's good. I think more things that are, you know, whether it's a protest or, or something like that get you organized and out and meeting people, like I think sort of breaks the spell of non-action that is so easy to fall into when you're just like reading the news and getting outraged at the news and like being overwhelmed by the news. And so then you have to go watch Netflix or like whatever your thing is. Not that that's something that ever happens to me. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I've, I've heard. I have a friend. Um, well, the Russia stuff just uh, continues on. Oh, apace. my God. I got so annoyed on Twitter yesterday. Like, again, I'm not on Twitter that much, but I've been able to kind of go on and be like, okay, here's a news story. All right, this person said this funny thing. Like, okay. But people, again, are with this this issue of, like, totally divorced from what may or may not have happened, but there's what they think it would mean if something happened. Like, um, Like, people are doing these, like, you know, numbered think piece tweets about this sort of like abstract concept of like, well, you know, isn't, isn't Russia just a distraction? And why don't the Dems just, it's the the Clintonian Dems. Now I'm quoting somebody, but sorry, person, if you hear this, I'm quoting you. (laughs) But like, you know, Clintonian Dems just don't want to look at what their problems are. And that's why it's easier to blame Putin or somebody that was like, you know, uh, people are only interested in this Russia story because it hurts Trump. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I feel like th- that betrays a, and I've said this stuff before, but total ignorance of geopolitics of the last 10 years, but also just like an ignorance of what it means. It's like, do you not understand that like what Trump and Bannon and these people have sort of proposed an inch towards is a reversal of NATO's position? Like that decisions, you know, that decisions that were made based on like Russia invading its neighbors in Europe. Right. I mean, and, and so that's why we had sanctions against them. And that's why, you know, Clinton Clinton wasn't up against Putin or Obama wasn't up against Putin because they had, like, personal differences and couldn't work it out over vodka. 
I mean, these were like multi-country decisions to punish Russia for invading its neighbors. And Clinton was Secretary of State. I mean, th- I mean, I know there's more things that go into it than this, but like that's the basics. And so um, it's just strange to me. And so like a reversal of that and and an ally, you know, allying with with Putin's government without addressing any of the problems that you know caused. NATO to want to put sanctions in place like it doesn't make any sense at all and so I just don't that that whole line of of thinking I just don't I don't understand the idea that that Russia is is a distraction or really anything is a distraction I don't really I don't really necessarily get that idea you might as well say that yeah you might as well say that the AC like the AHCA or whatever it is doing that is a distraction from you know some other thing right it's its own thing it's all important like it it all has it all has meaning and consequences it's kind of a function of just the fact that we only have so much of an attention span right I mean what we've been saying every week is that we have to find your own hill to defend because there's so there's so many attacks on so many things happening so really when you say hey that's a distraction you're just saying that's not the thing that I'm paying attention to right that's not my hill that I'm dying on but then it's like then you're spending your time just like looking out from whatever your hill is, maybe <laughs> neglecting your hill and pointing to other people's hills. I mean, like, look yeah. what a shitty job your hill is. Like, I yeah. mean, come on. Check my hill just... out. <laughs> <laughs> but and people aren't even doing that. I mean, I guess if it's one thing, if someone's like, don't focus on Russia, focus on the fact that 26 million Americans or however many it is, you know, are going to lose their insurance. I can say, OK, part of that sentence was really great. Like, <laughs> yeah. focus, focus on, on 26 cents. That's yeah. fine. But, it, you know, that you have to, back with the house metaphor, like, you have to pay attention to different things. Somebody has to pay attention to all the different things that are happening that are threatening. Like, it doesn't have to be the same person. But, you know, someone has to look at the foundation. Someone has to make sure your kids aren't falling out the windows. Like, these are important things. Um, does it seem like the Russia leaks have sort of slowed? Yeah. Is that... Is that is that my is that just my imagination? Um, I don't know because like... I'm not existing in the daily hourly yeah. news cycle right now. I haven't noticed. I mean, I haven't. I haven't noticed uh, much new information or much talk about it. It, it seems it seems like ACA yeah. is all the all the talk. Oh, do we want to tell people about our schedule? Oh yeah. yeah. So, well, <laughs> what so is we our <laughs> we um we have uh some little breaks coming up. But first of all, we're we're going to be away next week because. Well, Jonathan, do you want to say what you're doing? Sure. I, uh, yeah, I travel a lot for work, and next week, um, that being the week of the tw- of March 20th, um, I... No. Nope. Should I do that voice? <laughs> well, no. Week, oh, that I, voice, sir, yeah. Next week, I am going to be in Yosemite no. National Park uh, for a conference, and... Um, it's a really great conference that I went to last year. And uh, so I will not be around next week to record and or edit, which is my job. Thank um, you for making this <laughs> so possible. So <laughs> one of these days uh, we're hoping to, to to have like some time that I can train the, you guys on the on the um, the ways of the edit. And uh, so that so that yeah. when this happens, we don't have to sort of take a break. But, yeah, I'll be gone for next week. So there won't be a show next week. And then. We'll come back. We had talked about maybe like Jesse and I trying to do the episode ourselves next week and like try to edit it. And instead of being able to put music in, we were just going to be like, do, 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 do. Yeah, but I think we're not going to do that. <laughs> so break next week, but we'll see you the week after. 
as much as you would enjoy that, I guess I think we're gonna not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not this time. I think there was a clear sign that we don't even know what music sounds like. So. I know we're like, what is our? Music? We're like, Baba doo boo We are musically ignorant, Jesse and I. What no, is not music? Totally true. What is music? So, are you guys getting? You guys are getting snow. Yeah, it's, in, a, right? it's a snowstorm uh, while we're recording this. It's the. It's a very noisy snowstorm. It is, yeah. It, really? It's like large chunks of the sky are like falling down. Oh, that sounds interesting. It's bright, sunny here. It's like about 70 degrees. Wow. And there's like a blossoming <laughs> tree out my window, and it's very nice. So Not mad. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy that snow, guys. Oh, uh, I wanted to thank Ginny McQueen. Oh, yeah, Ginny McQueen. Who's one of our listeners who sent these really cool T-shirts uh, to, to Jesse. I guess. Mm-hmm. But to distribute amongst but us. But for us. And I can't wait to see them when I get back to the city. Um, and thank you so much for thinking to do that and for doing that. That's so kind. And really to everybody that has like been listening to us and putting up with us where we're like, we can talk politics. Wow. Um, <laughs> It's been really, really nice. And Ginny so. does cosplay, right? We were looking at her her, uh, her website. And cosplay is where you dress up like you dress up like a film character or TV or like comic book or something like that and sort of do an impersonation of them. It sounds really fun. Yeah. Did I just sound like such a square person? You totally like, did. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like these <Dad>. kids. <laughs> I'm choking on my on my mom jokes there. Um. Anyway, but that's yeah. Thank you to Ginny and to really to everybody yeah. who's been been sticking with us and helping us out and being a patron on Patreon and sending us their opinions. So again, we we will not be here next week, um, but you can catch up with us the week after. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, stay safe in the snow if it's snowing where you are or enjoy the sunshine if it's nice <laughs> like where if I am. Ha- if you happen to be summer. <laughs> if you're like me and you're going to go take a hike now with your friend in lovely weather, then enjoy that too. Oh, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm biting my fist right now. It's fine. Okay. All right. So, yes. Um, okay. So, see you guys in two weeks. And here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Thanks again for listening to the 451. To learn more about the topics we discussed this week or in previous episodes, you can go to our website at the 451, that's the 451 all written out.com, and there you can find our email and our phone number, which is 510-402-6081. That's 510-402-6081. And you can leave us a voicemail, uh, let us know what you think, or uh, tell us what you're doing to resist or just your thoughts on what's going on in America right now. And we may play voicemails on the show unless you specify that you would prefer otherwise. Um, There you can also find information on how to become a supporter. You can donate to the 451 or you can become a patron on Patreon. uh, And you can find us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash the 451, all written out. Uh, Thanks again for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. This has been the 451, a podcast for the resistance.